listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. Brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. Good afternoon, everybody. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. We're sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. Chief, down the stretch we come here. Love a playoff, Chase. Love a playoff, Chase. Love a playoff, Chase. Love it better when the Blackhawks are a part of it. Yeah. I I I guess they're their own chase to the bottom. They're racing right to the bottom. So, I mean, beating Calgary, it's just like, what are you guys doing? On the road? And and a must win for Calgary. They didn't show up. And then they show up, of course, the next night against Winnipeg. Of course. At Winnipeg. Yeah, which is a a good team. So So here we sit. Saturday, uh, the final week of the regular season. The Hawks will play in Seattle tonight. Mm -hmm. They will... uh, they will play two more home games and one road game next week, and they will finish up against Philadelphia on Thursday. And as they sit right now, they are in a three-way tie with Columbus and San Jose, or I'm sorry, Anaheim, uh, with 56 points. But because of tiebreakers, Anaheim is got the worst record, Yep, and they have the... Best odds at landing the number one overall pick at 25.5. Columbus is second with a 13.5% chance of landing the number one overall pick. And the Hawks currently sit third with an 11.5% chance, percent chance to land the number one overall pick. I, I have a thought of this. Aren't the Hawks and the Ducks in the West, correct? Correct. So... The West, in my eyes, is objectively worse than the East. So if you're at the bottom of the West playing inferior opponents, that means you're actually worse than Columbus. So I would put Columbus as the third odds and then let Anaheim and, and Chicago have a That would be your tiebreaker. That would be my tiebreaker. Good old-fashioned coin flip. Unfer- unfortunately, they go uh, regulation wins and then uh, okay. wins... Beyond regulation. Okay. After all right. Well, and, and we're and, and should, actually, we I have, want to be on the rules committee next year. All right. I, I I'm with you. So like, yeah. It did make me think this week. Do we like the draft lottery setup? Because we we bought into the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Okay. We jumped on board the tank. We've endured one of the more painful seasons that we can remember. I would say in, in many ways it's the most painful season, at least for me personally. Um, but, yeah, I... I what, what would be, like, next on your your painometer? Well, it's like, in, a, in an odd way, because, because the games weren't on TV, you were sheltered a little bit from, from the truly... From half of them, from the, Yeah, from the truly bad ones. Uh, but, yeah, like, that, uh, that was at 06, 07. Yeah. Um, I've been uh, I've been trying to track down Jeff Hamilton uh, from that from that team, uh, just because it's like that though, he was like one of the leading scorers on that on that oh six oh seven team, and it's like that was that was a pretty bad team, right? Well, at least you had Bolin that, that, and that Keith actually and, at least yeah. it led to some good Kane times. and Taves, yeah, exactly, Taves. yeah. So I think it definitely led to, to Kane. Taves was had been drafted the previous yeah. summer, but so you knew kind of good times were were on the horizon. Uh, it felt more concrete than than this current time does because as much as we like these young guys 
prospects who are having a good uh, good march for their for their junior and their college teams. It, it's it, we had Duncan Keith like in Seabrook in that team and Bolin in that team and you you had and Sharp was on that team and so you had some some concrete be like all right and then if we get a high pick and then we all you know we have Taves coming then all of a sudden we're there here I still feel like I'm encouraged but it's it's all kind of still question marks so like you don't know how good Nazar is you don't know how good Korchinski is and so it's uh, it's a little it feels a little bit further away as we on this show have chronicled the prospects in the system mm-hmm. I, I would say the majority of them are trending in a positive yeah. direction. Including Reichel. Reichel's Including been... Reichel. Mm-hmm. Reichel in the last three weeks has looked like a player you take in the top ten yep. of the NHL he, draft. He, he looks like a, a guy who could be someday a top six winger on a good team. Why he wasn't on the power play earlier before all the trades were made, I don't know. because it, Why know. he wasn't on the team earlier. Uh, you know, like they kept saying, like, oh, we want to have them in these important games. Well, it's like, aren't these the most important games? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and they're teetering right now, Rockford. Right. Uh, I think they're in the five spot, but they're teetering whether, and then it's like a play in four and five play each other. Yep. So, yeah, these are the most meaningful games. Now, Reichel will go there after this week, mm-hmm. but I don't know how, I, they probably only have late. like a couple games left. Yeah. So that, so that, that is puzzling. That that is a little different than than that, the line that, we were hearing, right? Like, right, which is a, which is becoming a theme. I would say. So I I would say that you know like that if he was he was definitely one of their their twelve best forwards and probably one of their best six forwards. You know, at least since December. Like I think when you called him up and he did struggle a little bit that first call up. Um, but he, uh, if you're, I, I do think that things should be based on merit, and he was definitely ready, and he's looked great, and I'm glad he looks great. Um, and, and you know, it's it's like if you're if you're filling things out, you can just all right, we got to check some, we got a winger in the top six for sure. So like we were talking about that 06-07 team, we had like four or five checks marks. You at least have you have one right now for sure with Ryko that looks like he can be a piece of the puzzle. So uh, how would you tweak? The NHL draft lottery, it, now that you've kind of seen how it plays out and you see that there's a tie with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. points-wise at least, with Anaheim, Columbus, and the Blackhawks, like, I, I get not going the NFL route and automatically giving the last-place team the number one overall yeah. pick. Okay, I'm on board with that. Uh, but should it be, should the bottom three or the bottom five have equal odds? Yeah, I don't know if you want to make it make it balanced because I do think that sometimes it's I, – I don't think I have a real big problem with the way it is now because it does give everybody, especially in a year like this where you have a, an unbelievable prize at the top, it gives everybody a little bit of hope and a little bit – you know, and hope is a wonderful thing. Sure. So even if you're Montreal or Philly or, you know, kind of like how the Hawks were a few years ago when they ended up getting third and they got Doc – it gives you like a sense of like okay like you know you just stick with it stick with it and you get to you get to May eighth and hopefully the the balls bounce your way and, and it is like a fun thing where I don't know if I would equalize the odds because at the end of the day like you you want to have you know teams rising and falling to a degree like it's great to have a dynasty and strong franchises and all that but I do think you you know I don't want to see 
I feel bad for the people of Arizona. Like I, I almost feel in a way that those fans have never had a chance. They got you know four different stadiums, bankruptcy. You know they've never had a top pick. Their part of me is like, well, no wonder they can't sell out a five thousand seat arena. It's because the the fan base. Why would you get emotionally invested in something like right. that? So obviously, like they've they haven't worked in this system. But it would be nice to have you know some of these teams have the opportunity to get. Um, Franchise altering players and, and be a big part of the of the program. You know, big be a, a, a an NHL a legitimate NHL franchise where I feel like so many of these teams at the bottom stay at the bottom. They're mired in the mud, and I, I hope that they they have a real chance to get but, started. But you love the game as do I, and having Mike Mike Trout and Shohei Otani play for the Angels and have like zero, yeah. You know, well, recognition mean, and being around, like, it, it, it's a waste. Yeah, and I've always wondered about, we've talked about that, um, I've talked about that other places. It's so confusing to me with those two guys specifically because I don't remember that being a thing for Barry Bonds playing on the West Coast. He was on some bad Giants teams, and when Griffey was in with Seattle, like, he was electric, and it, you know, I'm sure the Dodgers over the years have had, it's just like, I don't know. I don't, so are you making a West Coast point or, like, a team that's I think it's bad? more... Uh, I, the second class citizen in yeah. Los Angeles, an Market. apathetic yeah. uh, fan base, yeah. usually. And it's also the timing, you know. Do you think Mc, the NHL does more with McDavid or the Major League Baseball does more with Trout as far as, far as marketability? I think NHL finally started this last couple years. Mm-hmm. Like the NBC package, full disclosure, I work for them. Yeah. Uh, they would never put. McDavid on their wet, you know, like yeah. in a prime game. Like I, I'm, I, like if McDavid's playing the Jets, show, give me that game. Yeah, I don't force feed me. Well, they play uh, Buffalo a lot because they knew they they had the market. Yeah, they had Detroit, Buffalo, Philly. Who even if they're bad, they're gonna the, those fans will watch the national TV broadcast, so it looks good at you know for but your sponsors. Even this there. week, the the Hawks are on national TV on Monday against the Wild. Don't understand that. Like, how does you know? With all due respect, with all due, and it's like you know, just do what the NFL does. Flex, flex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, flex yeah. out. Yeah. So I don't know. I bet I, I, you know, everyone's like, oh, we can't send Bedard to one of these bad markets. Let's give him a chance. You know, like I, I don't, I don't want to disqualify. What? It's like who am I talking to? I know. Are, are I know. you chief? I, 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 you, you want him to go? I to, do to Anaheim. I don't. Anaheim's the one where I just like look at they've Columbus. They, I, I mean, don't really like. I wouldn't be it's my Ohio, first choice. Ohio State football's number one. Nothing's always number will two. be. Yeah. And what the, 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 the MLS and the Browns yeah. are are two. Yeah. Yeah, the, Col- Columbus, how close is Columbus and Cleveland? Uh, a couple hours. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you're right. The Columbus crew they they they, they get second billing, yeah. and then the Jackets get third. Yeah, but again, it's like and it, Jack's tournament. Yeah, I know. Jack's tournament would rank higher, probably. Yeah, than, oh, than the Jackets. I know, but it's and like, like can, and can a transfer the cannon? Can a transformational star change the trajectory of a market? And I would say if you look at Chicago, granted, it's a much bigger and steeped in tradition. This this place was dead for hockey. Absolutely. Those 06 year that you mentioned, I remember going there and hearing conversations on the bench from the other side of the lower bowl. Insane. It It was was crazy. Shoot a cannon and not hit anybody was the old old joke. And, And now it's like... 
Columbus literally has a cannon <laughs> in their stadium. But you could I, – I don't hate the idea of like, all right, let's – if it doesn't work if they get one of these guys, then it's just never going to work. But I, I – I, I would like to see teams have a legitimate chance to get a foothold in a market with competent management. I love Yarmo uh, Kekalainen and their GM. I think he's really good. and He's dealt a, hard, a tough hand, uh, but he's gotten the most out of that franchise. And they're doing a. I feel like they're going to be a quick turnaround if they get a top two pick. Like they'll be, they'll be in the. How playoffs. has Johnny Hockey helped them this? Year? I mean, like I, I'm with you. I, yeah. I, they've had a lot of injuries yeah. though, on their back end. Where has been out a yeah, lot. That, that was a huge the, loss. The, the goaltending has been a problem. Mike Sillinger kind of took a step back for them this year as a power forward. He came in with the with the Blackhawks pick and the Seth Jones thing. I was like, ooh, might regret that. But he's kind of he, I think he's only got like nine points on the year. But they have they have a lot of good young players. Kent Johnson. They got a lot of nice young players where I feel like they're close. And uh, you know, it's same thing as what I was arguing with with the Hawks. It's like start throwing some money around because you're going to have it coming off the books. And by the time you have to pay the Reichels or whoever you get at the top of this draft, you know, the cap's going to be up. So like you might as well start. Get you know if you want to acquire uh, like a Chikrin or somebody like not not him specifically but a, a, a middle mid twenties guy who's do some money. I don't think that's the worst idea while while you're rebuilding. Coming up, uh, Colby Cohn will join us at the bottom of the hour. He's at the Frozen Four. He'll be on the broadcast on ESPN two tonight as Quinnipiac takes on Minnesota for the hardware, and uh, we'll get uh, his thoughts on what he saw in the uh, earlier games this week and the Blackhawks' prospects. We've got an update on Patrick Kane, and will he be a part of the New York Rangers mix here the last week of the regular season? Uh, Could this be Johnny Taves' last season in Chicago as well? And there's some alternative ideas for the draft lottery that, you know, you're the open-minded guy that likes to hear some things that are off the wall. I got one that's off the wall for you. It's all coming up next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. The Hockey Show. Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app from anywhere. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Show on ESPN 1000 Barstool Chief Pat Boyle with you. Our uh, final show of the season is next Saturday at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Special time. Yeah, we'll put a bow on this thing. We'll know a little tear coming down my eye. We'll know the yeah. where the odds are yep. at that point. We'll know the playoff matchups for Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll get into that. It'll be a quickie, uh, but we will uh, reconvene next Saturday at 10 o'clock. And uh, tonight the Hawks take on. The Kraken, who are uh, playoff bound. The Eddie Olchuk Cup. The, the Eddie Olchuk Cup, yeah. exactly. And uh, we'll see them in action. 8.30 pregame show. Another nice late one. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about the uh, the lottery setup. Okay. All right? You're okay with it. And I and primarily I am too. Yeah. I, I, I think they made some good changes after Detroit was in... in had the worst record a few years back and dropped to four. They've now instituted yeah. this. You can only go down two. Uh, teams can go up ten at most. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that you can't win the lottery more than twice over a five-year span. You can't see what the Oilers did. Yeah, like four years in a row. <laughs> they created four years in a row, and I think they only got like one 
real good player. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. so it goes to just show you that, <laughs> yeah. you know, what have you. Yeah. But, okay, so there's no, other couple plans out there. One is called the gold plan. I've heard of this one before mm-hmm. where uh, teams are start to earn points after being eliminated from the playoffs. So yeah. it would be a small, like the, the Hawks were eliminated, say, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So the clock starts at that point to the end of the season, and the team with the most points would then get the number one overall pick so it or the best. incentivizes you to, to play hard every night down the stretch, theoretically. Theoretically. So here would be my problem with that. And, there, and look, there's problems with all these yeah. alternative solutions, so to speak. I don't know that it impacts the way players play the way that it looks on paper. Uh, I don't think it does at all. So you see, we've you, seen that, right? I mean, if there's one that, that exhibit A is yeah. Blackhawks. Yep. They go out there, they 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 work hard for Luke. Arizona's been playing decently well down the stretch. They had it, they ripped off like five in a row at one point. So uh, when they you know they were long out of it. So I do think that that is uh, an issue. I also wonder if it would kill the trade market. Because it's like ah, like we gotta we gotta we gotta have our guys in here to for the stretch run. So once we get eliminated, we don't want to give away Max Domi. Well, you're gonna need him to get that number one right. pick. So I think that there might be a little bit of that, and then you could argue that well. But here's the thing: if you want, because again, the clock starts when you're eliminated. Yeah. It, it, between the March third trade deadline and elimination, say March twenty first, like you may yeah. get to the elimination line. Earlier, mm-hmm. if you move those guys, I, I suppose that's true too. You know, because yeah. the yeah, clock so that's, that's a double edge. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. I, I think that yeah, that's a good point. So if if you are, but let's say that you're a team that's sitting tenth, okay, right, and you're trying to decide if you're a buyer or a seller. So uh, so maybe it helps the teams at the bottom even more because then it's like, well, we have less teams that are we have more teams that are trying to stay in the race. I don't know. That that's an interesting one. I think I I think I would still prefer it this way. And then this is just like a dumb brain fan thing. I feel like that would be so hard to follow. Just let me go on Tankathon. And see, yeah, and see yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be hard. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. there's another. Then This one is outside the box. I saw it on The Athletic yesterday. It, it's pairing bad teams with good teams that are in the postseason. For example, if the Blackhawks finish with the worst record... Mm-hmm they would get the team with the best record or most points, Boston. Okay. okay. Now you're paired with the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins go on to win the Stanley Cup. You get the number one overall pick. So it ties you to a team in the dance. Yeah. And it gives your fan base more reason to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs with a completely different yeah. reason to watch. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I that's like another thing where this might be a unique thing to my brain. I hate everyone else. I hate everyone. <laughs> I don't want to sit there and like plug my nose and root for the Bruins and see them experience and root for them actively to experience joy. I it's a bonus. It's it, it, like I know, I know. Like you're right because you're going to watch those games anyway. You're you're I know. you're a fan. Yeah. So I, now. You're look at. I think for for probably ninety percent. I mean, this is a crazy idea. It crazy. It'll never happen. Right. But I'm just. It, it's and it's fun to talk about. And and I do think that may, there might be ninety percent of fans would be on board with that. I'm in the ten percent where I will get 
Like sometimes there are just teams and players and fan bases, really more fan bases because that's like an age of the internet thing, that I just hate them. And I want to see them be miserable. And I don't want to have some scenario. Boston, quite frankly, is on that list because we have an outsized audience in Boston. So I have to deal with their fans quite a bit. If that was the scenario this year, well, I have to root for them to be successful. Well, and could you imagine? Oh, if, I would I would be it was if sick you're to my a Bruins stomach. fan, right? Yeah. And you win the cup this year. Mm-hmm. And let's say for some for you know what's in giggles that they, that they are paired to the Blackhawks yeah. and they get Bedard and then in three years these two teams meet in the Stanley Cup final and Bedard is the reason why they beat the Bruins the Bruins fans would be like why did we but then imagine you, if it was Montreal yeah that's okay. true too <laughs> like, yeah. you because that in your scenario could very easily happen Montreal has been down at the bottom of the league for the last little bit here they're in this tank race as well can you imagine if Boston is the reason that Montreal gets Bedard and then he terrorizes them for. 15 years right that's see like i i i think we're better off just just let me hate people yeah the the other scenario besides pairing last place team with first place and going back Mm -hmm. and forth uh, according to points and tiebreakers would be a draft so if the hawks were last and look and say they saw some injuries that are popping up and they don't like the goaltending situation here all of a sudden they pick now, this would really put your GM on the spot, yeah. right? Because yeah. it, it's it's no skin off his back if you're automatically given Boston. But if he goes against the grain and says, you know what? The West yeah, is easier. Me. I'm going to so, go Colorado or, or I, Edmonton. kind of like that, too. I've also kind of like – I've seen this thrown around before. I think baseball might have tankered with this idea where it's like when you enter the playoffs – it's not just seed. You get to choose. Choose, who you play. yes. Yeah, so I, I want you. That, to me, is the, that's how rivalries are born in a way. Like, it's like a disrespectful oh, thing. Right. Like, I, I like that because I love hating people. So I love a little bit of fire, a little bit of rivalry. So I wouldn't mind that one bit. So I think that would be that would be fun. You sent me this article, and I was kind of clicking through, and they had one scenario that was outlined in the old, the old Grantland called The Wheel. Yes. What would you think of that one? The NBA was supposed to use yeah, it at some it's point. It's just like you, every 30 years you get the number one pick. It's just like on a wheel. When I first saw the the title of it, I thought we were talking like a Wheel of Fortune wheel. So yeah. instead, instead of like lottery balls, you just <laughs> Kyle Davidson just or <laughs> he just go Kyle Davidson steps up and just spins that wheel. That oh, and it just lands on a player. Right, and it just lands on a player, and like that to me would be. That would be electric. I would love give me give me give the, you the wheel. Give me the uh, wheel. And then wheels okay. are better than ping pong balls. And they just are. Give me wheel of fortune is better than a ping pong ball system. <laughs> and like Bedard goes to the Oilers or he goes to the Leafs. Well, I can still do it in the lottery. And maybe it's like you know if, if your team spinning first, like you have you get to choose. Like all right, we the highest you can get chances for Bedard is like twenty five percent of the wheel, and you just spin that wheel. And then you just see where you end up. Oh, that would be so. That would be your theory is the wheel of fortune is better than ping pong balls. Absolutely, just, you like that, it that way as like a made for TV event. That would because I actually don't like how they unveil it, where they do like the one card at a time. Yeah, uh, it should be like the actual like lotto on, after the news, where it's like you just see all the balls go up and they come up. That's yeah. what I would like, you know, as, as far as like from a content perspective. But I, I would love. Spin that wheel, baby. Spin so down, that wheel. So down the stretch, the Hawks have four games. Seattle tonight, Minnesota Monday, Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh on Tuesday, and then Philadelphia to finish things up. Columbus, their four games, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. 
the Penguins, and Buffalo. A couple of winnable games there. Yep. Right? Yep. And then Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Vancouver, and L.A. It's, it's, it's going to come down to the end. It is. Do you right. realize next I, Friday? I feel like the Hawks are going to beat Philly. I know. And I think that will be Taves' send-off, his last game. Uh, Gosh. And then I think that might be the thing where they end up, you know, with third third best lot odds. So You talk about how divided you would be. You're, you go to the United Center to see Johnny Taves and what we anticipate mm-hmm. will be his last game as a Blackhawk and maybe his last game in the National Hockey League. He's given you 16 amazing years, yeah. three cups, a con smite. He won Olympic gold. Did everything. He did everything. Yeah. He, he ushered the the Blackhawks faithful back on that were off, mm-hmm. and he reinvigorated a group that didn't like hockey. The most competitive player Joel Quenville has ever had per Joel Quenville. Just hyper, hyper competitive in that run. And I asked uh, people on Twitter, like, just hit me with your favorite Johnny Taze moment. Everybody's been talking about that 15 series against Anaheim where he was just a, a warrior. He and they came back in that yeah, series. Yeah, they're down 3-1. It was the whole Kessler, like, nobody can withstand this many hits. Taves can. Yeah. Taves can. Had, he had so many moments where it just felt like he was dragging dragging the team through. And, uh, and yeah, in that scenario, like, it would be hard for me. Like, you saw me when I was at the United Center uh, for the, the end of Kane. It would be hard for me to, like, if you can imagine he comes, like, I, one of the – it's. For regular season, his shootouts were just something that, like, he was so Mr. good five at that. Hole. Yeah, the little little snapshot through the five hole. He's coming. The down. overtime game winner in St. Louis, Louis. Same thing. Yeah, and uh, where him on a breakaway was like, yeah. and even going back to like his junior days in Canada, where like the old U, it was him versus Kane in the World Juniors. Like he he shot. It was like he was T.J. Oshie before there's T.J. Oshie. We give Patty Kane all the love for the game winner against mm-hmm. the L.A. Kings. That who pass, set him up? That pass. Well, you, that that was like my favorite thing. Where during the playoffs, like you knew, and there was that old that old Quenville era stat where it was like games four through seven, they were off like, the charts, unbeatable. One through three, under five hundred, yeah, which four, is four through seven. They lost four like through seven, four never. Times. Yeah, and I don't so, think they ever lost game six. Like game six, yeah, they, they were like it killed was, everybody. Yeah. yeah, and but so like that. That thing where Joel would just be like, all right, it's time to put Taysom Kane together. Yeah. And it was like the in case of emergency break Same glass. Break glass and it just always, like, always worked. And it seemed like they got fired up and it was like, we'll figure out the rest of the lineup. But those two guys are playing together. And it was great. And, like, there's so many memories that if I was in the building and Taves was in a shootout, say it goes to overtime, how are you not rooting for him to score that goal and walk and skate off? Like, that's, and even if it yeah. hurts you a little even bit. Even if it hurts you, you know what? Let the hockey gods do their thing yeah. on, on lottery and night. I, do th- I believe in the hockey gods. I do believe in the hockey gods where it's like if you're rooting, actively rooting for losses or injuries or stuff like that, you're going to – those balls are not going to bounce the right way. I, I don't disagree with yeah. that. I mean, when they got Kane, the first overall pick, they were fifth. They yep. had the fifth best mm-hmm. odds. Yep. So, and look, you and I have been doing Tankathon now for about a month or so. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you seen a team – Seven, eight, nine, shoot up the ladder and end up being in the number one spot. I, I, I did don't it. understand don't, that. Don't but do it right before you go to bed because if you get Detroit, you Detroit and St. Louis in the top two, you're going to be staring at the ceiling all night long. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to head to Tampa tonight. The national championship will be crowned men's hockey 
Colby Cohen will be on the call on ESPN2. He joins us next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN1000. It's alive. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On the AM at 1000. On the FM at 100.3 HD2. On your phone through the ESPN Chicago app. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On the AM at 1000. On the FM at 100.3 HD2. On your phone through the ESPN Chicago app. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. We're sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. It's Hockey Night in Chicago tonight. Wolves taking on the Iowa Wild. Still trying to earn a playoff spot. It's also Salute to Military Families Night. It's also National Championship Night in men's hockey. It'll be Quinnipiac taking on Minnesota on ESPN 2 tonight at 7 o'clock Central Time. Colby Cohen will be on the call. He won't be part of the Blackhawks broadcast as uh, we'll be doing that over on NBC Sports Chicago. We'll have Colby back a little bit later on in the week. Uh, Colby, first off, my condolences to BU. How, how difficult is it to <laughs> to call a game when you're invested like you are in your alma mater? I know if it was Michigan State and I was on the call, I would be uh, I would be not not pleasant to be around. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, it's difficult, and that's the first time I've really done it in a game of that magnitude. Um, but I do believe that like, once the game gets going, you, you kind of have to zone in and, and realize that you kind of have a job to do. And, and the nice thing about being in-game is, is that you're really just talking about the action. You know, I mean, obviously there's going to be moments where you can fill and do this, but – you know, at the end of the day, Minnesota was a better team for 60 minutes. And so it wasn't hard to, to, to do that. Now, granted, my inbox today, <laughs> I've got the most hateful messages from the Minnesota Gophers fan base. I mean, like, stuff that I, like, I can't even believe people do this. Like, people were sending me emails, getting my email off the Internet, um, because I shut down my Twitter DMs. So, uh, you know, people are going to be upset about it one way or the other, but it, it was it was an awesome thing that I got to be a part of. I, I would have loved to have seen BU one. The better team won. Um, there were some moments where I had to, you know, there was a goalie interference that I, I got in front of and, and said, I think this goal is going to get overturned in BU's favor. Um, and it did, so I was okay there. But, you know, you're never going to make everyone happy. The BU fans were mad at me because they felt like I talked way too much about Minnesota. The Minnesota fans are blowing up my inbox with, with hateful. So it's just part of it uh, once you get in-game. And, and then after the game, you can feel, you know, disappointment and, and whatnot. But, you, look, you lose to a better team, you got to tip your cap to them. Like, Minnesota's better. They were better. And this should motivate BU to, to come back next year and, and try to win. Yeah, they, they were a lot better. And I liked that you were between the benches. So it's like kind of apropos. Like you're just between the two fan bases and the two teams, and you're just going to get it from both angles. What did you make of our uh, uh, Blackhawk Terriers? Comesso and Green. You know what? I, 
I thought Drew Comesso stood on his head a lot of moments of that game. I really did. I mean, that could have been 10 nothing in the first period. I mean, that's how, that's how out of control it was. Um, you know, I, I thought Drew had a really good game. I would have loved to have seen him stop that second middle stat goal. I felt like that's the only one I would have liked to have seen him have back. Um, but but he's been so good down the stretch. I mean, he's been their best player. They're they're missing some really key players in that game and over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he hasn't that's the first game where he's let in more than a goal and or two goals in like yeah. six weeks. So he finished his BU career awesome. I definitely expect to see him sign here soon. Um, you know, I, I don't really know exactly where that stands, but that's just sort of my expectation for him. Uh, I mean, he had tears in his eyes at the end of that game. Like, and, and you like seeing that because that means he was present in the moment and he really loved it and cared. It's always, it's always a little makes me nervous when I see a player who just lost in the frozen four, not upset, who's about to sign and go be a pro like, and, and, and Drew Comesso was, was really upset. I mean, I, I really upset. I, I mean, he couldn't even face me after the game because he was just so shook up about losing, wanted to win so badly. So I thought he was great. I, I really did. He was phenomenal down the stretch. I thought Ryan green uh, looks like a freshman. You know, I think, I think with him, what I am impressed about is when he can't provide offense and it's not working for him offensively, he's good in his own zone. He's smart defensively. He covers up for the point. Uh, he does a lot of really good little things the way that he plays. Um, and when, when you're not finding offense for a young guy to realize, hey, it's not working for me offensively, so I better find another way to contribute. And I think that's what Green did over the last, I'd say, four to six weeks of the season, you know, but at the end of the day, just couldn't be more thrilled about his progress and, and his potential. Colby Cohen joins us on the hockey show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I'm Pat Boyle. Colby, of course, a part of the Blackhawks broadcast team, and he'll be on the call tonight on ESPN 2 for the national championship game. The Michigan-Quinnipiac game uh, went to Quinnipiac. 5-2 was the final. Uh, Chief watched it. I didn't get Yuck. to see a ton of it. said uh, basically... Quinnipiac system uh, is not a lot of fun once they get a lead. I'm just curious your thoughts on uh, Adam Fantilli had another highlight reel type goal. Ends up with uh, 65 <laughs> points in 36 games. Is there any doubt in your mind that he'll be the number two overall pick in the draft? Not only do I not have doubt that he's the number two overall pick, I think the team that gets the number two overall pick maybe in 15 to 20 years might be fit and pretty. I mean, that's how good his set of skills is. I mean, I, I, that's the first time I was at ice level for him. Um, I've seen him play live one other time. I've seen him on TV. Uh, he possesses a, a freakish set of skills, his size, his skating, his touch on the puck. Um, I mean, humble kid, you know, got to meet with him before the tournament started or, or before the Frozen Four started. I mean, look, I, I I was really impressed with him. He had a couple of moments last night where he had a couple of plays where I was just like, wow. I mean, absolute wow moments. And, and you know, having said all that, I think he should go back to Michigan for one more year. I, I think he should go be a sophomore at Michigan. I, agree. I think he should continue to develop and mature 
and then come into the NHL and be ready to score 30 goals his first year. Chief, like, I know you love this guy too, right? Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm big on Fantelli. I completely agree with you, though. And, and there's no no shame in going back for a sophomore year. There's a guy named Jonathan Taves who do that same thing uh North Dakota. So uh, I think, I, it, I mean. But when you're the best player, arguably, in college hockey as a freshman, what, how much development do you think he's going to gain there? I think he gets some weight room time. It's a little yeah. easier to get in the weight yeah. room. I think it's it's weight room time. I think it's 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 just you know playing more hockey games. And and look, Chief, you watched the game. Fantilli had moments, but he didn't dominate the game for sixty minutes. It's hard to dominate a hockey game for sixty minutes um, as a freshman. Like, uh, and and I got to be honest, they're they're. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to win the Hobie or not. I, I'm not. I'm on that committee and. You know, based on some tell, of the tell calls us who you're voting that we for had. right now. So Fantilli was number one on my ballot, and and Lane <laughs> was Hudson joking, was number two. Yeah, okay. No, no. I'm yeah. look. I'm yeah. I'm I'm open about it, and I, and I will say like there was a lot of people on the Hobie call that weren't necessarily in the Fantilli camp. I think okay. a lot of people thought Logan Cooley was a better player than him this year, and they're going to announce that um, that award, and and. I'm not sure if Fantilli's going to get it. I, I'm not going to be shocked if Logan Cooley gets it. And uh, I had Cooley third on my ballot. I had Fantilli one. I had Lane Hudson two. And I had Logan Cooley three. And and I just think there's still room to grow. And you look at all these star players that have gone back for their second year. When has it not benefited one of them? I mean, it, you can't find an example when it didn't benefit one of these top draft picks, whether it's Luke Hughes, Quinn Hughes, um, whether it was, you know, Jonathan Taves, whether it was Jack Johnson back in the day. I mean, these guys have all done it and it, it suited them all well. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I got to meet his dad. He's a really nice guy. Um, you know, I was out one night with some of the Michigan parents, Rector McGroarty's dad is, is one of my old coaches. You know, he's a first round pick for Winnipeg and, Got to meet Mr. Fantilli, humble, quiet guy. Like you wouldn't know that his kid is about to uh, become a zillionaire hockey player star in, in the NHL because I truly do believe all of those things. Hey, Frankie Nazar, you know, he had the hernia surgery early in the year, missed almost the whole season. Uh, you talk about a guy that can light up a room. He is going to own the. Uh, the media oh, yeah. side of, of very popular, Chicago yeah. when yeah. he comes to town. He's going to be Patrick Sharp 2.0. <laughs> um, yeah. your, your thoughts on, like, I mean, talking to the Michigan coaches, was it just yeah. getting him out there and trying to kind of, uh, you know, get the rust off? Or like, where, where is he really at? Yeah. So not only did I talk to the coaches, I actually got to spend a few minutes with him. Um, I tracked him down and, and just wanted to chat with him and see how he was feeling and, and – um, you know, Narado, their head coach, like he said, I mean, it's our, lo- our top line next year is going to be Frank Nazar in the middle. It's going to be Gavin Brindley on one side and Rutger McGroarty on the other. And now, obviously, if Fantilli comes back, that changes things. But, you know, look, it, it's, it's impossible for a freshman to get dropped into hockey three, four weeks before the playoffs and become an impact player. Mm-hmm. That's why you see these guys who take a semester – to really take off any of these first round picks on Michigan, whether it's McGurdy, Gavin Brindley's going to be a first round pick. It took these guys all six to eight weeks to really find their footing. And then you're asking Nazar to do it at the end of the year. And I will say this late in the game, when they needed a goal, 
Nazar got switched up to the top. Well, there, there's two big lines on Michigan. There's the, there's the freshman line with Brindley, Rutger, McGroarty, and Fantilli. And then the other line, uh, which had T.J. Hughes, uh, Dylan Duke, and um, Matthew Samuskevich, another first-round pick. Well, late in the game, in the third period, probably 12 minutes left, Nazar gets bumped up to that second line, uh, which is actually the line that starts for them. So, you know, they're thinking we need a goal. Okay, we need to get Nazar higher up the lineup because you can see the speed. I mean, that kid is faster than everybody else out on the ice, and it's just going to be about getting a little bit stronger for him, getting healthy. Like, I talked to him, and, and I had the, sur- the surgeries that he had. He had the hip surgery, he had the sports hernia thing. I mean, he had the whole thing, and, you know, I had those. Like, it takes you I t- eight months, 12 months to really feel like yourself again, even though you're cleared to play. And he said, like, I feel good enough to play, but he, he doesn't feel 100%. And so he'll get to work this summer. He'll go back to Michigan. He's going to score 50 points at Michigan next year. Then the Hawks can evaluate what they want to do with him. Uh, but a great kid. And you can just see it. Like, it's all there. It's just going to take him, you know, he's going to need, need time playing at that level. So I, I think, again, like, you, you know, it, it, you gotta, if, you can, if you can think about four years from now as a Hawks fan, like, some of these kids are going to make it and be impactful. Not all of them. But there's enough good ones that are not, not you know, plateauing, and they're probably exceeding expectations in their first years and juniors in college that, like, it's it's like okay, like we're going to see a couple of these guys be good at some point. Yeah. Now, Luke Hughes signed today. Um, yeah. Do you think that he can kind of do what Charlie McAvoy did a few years ago and just step right into the Devils and be a playoff and impact no. playoff guy? No. No, I, I don't. I, I just I don't because I just think I just think he's too casual with the puck. Like yeah. he's, his skill set is unbelievable. Um, obviously he's not going to be trying to go one on four like he was against Quinnipiac last night a lot or two nights ago in the in the in the semis. But um, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because like he, there's only got like two or three games left, so he, they're going to try to probably get him in right away, see how he looks at this level. But you know, I, I think he's going to have to learn how to defend a little bit, and I think he's going to have to learn how to you know probably, you know, almost bear down defensively because, you know, adding a, a guy who might be a 50 or 60 point scorer this time of year, like their power plays already pretty good. You know, they've already got guys who can, who can play in that role. So I think Charlie McAvoy was a thicker kid, stronger kid, heavier on the puck, better defensively, more ready to, to, to kind of fit. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he's the kind of guy that, that can probably fit, right in, you know, and and I just don't think that that's necessarily Hughes' build, but but I could be wrong. Like, you never know how a guy's going to translate. I can't pretend like that's a skill of mine, telling you how a guy's going to translate, because I, I find that to be very difficult uh, from this level to the next. Last one uh, for me, we're, both Chief and I are uh, we're like not up like a pretzel here. we got four games left for the Hawks. They're tied 56 points with Columbus and Anaheim. They sit third right now. We know where we want them to be at the end. How do you think Kyle Davidson and Hockey Ops is handling these last four games? Because we're going crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think they're handling it the way they've handled every other game. Like, they're letting Luke coach the team, yep. and they're, they're running management. You know, like, I, I, 
from what I understand, Kyle's a very collaborative guy, but he's never once walked into Luke's office and said, you have to play this guy, you have to play that guy. Like when we sign young players like a Wyatt Kaiser, I think they have a conversation and it's like, okay, we want to see this guy, but like at the end of the day, like you're the coach. And, and uh, I think that, um, you know, a lot of GMs, some GMs are like that. Some GMs like to medal and get involved in the lineup card and whatnot. But I just don't think that that's Kyle's style. I think Kyle hired Luke. He trusts Luke. I think Luke understands what the plan here is, but was just having this conversation with with uh, with some other people. Like, I'm not going to be shocked if, like, the last game of the year, the Hawks are beating the Flyers because the Flyers, you know, I mean, you know, they're they're um, they're, they're maybe they're not playing as hard as as you know the Hawks are going to play that last game of the year. So it's uh, like Luke said. I, I saw his quote. He said, "For me to try to tank the last three games of the year just undoes a lot of culture and and a lot of different you know things that they've been really working on trying to do." Um, so I, I'm with you guys. Like when I saw the win against Calgary the other day, I'm like, I was mad at Calgary. I'm yeah. like, you guys yeah. are trying to make the playoffs. What? How do you like? What is going? On? Like I was literally annoyed at the Flames. I'm like. Please, someone do something about that. I will hold that against the Flames for 30 years if the Hawks don't come back. <laughs> I know you will. Yeah. You, you will, too. Yeah. Hey, Colby, have a great call tonight on the National Championship game. Again, it's 7 Central ESPN2. Say hi to Butchie for us and enjoy the chicken parm. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys, and I'll see you back in Chicago soon. That's Colby Cohen. We'll wrap up the hockey show on ESPN1000 after this. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. The, ho- the, ho- the Hockey Show. Pat Boyle hosts Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. show on ESPN 1000. Thanks to our title sponsor, the Chicago Wolves are in action tonight. It's a salute to military families night. Next Saturday, it's the Team Carmen versus Team Yurko grudge match hockey exhibition during the first intermission of the Wolves game. Uh, For tickets, you can go to chicagowolves.com. Thanks to Eric Ostrowski, Mr. Bear, who uh, has been very kind to help us out here on the hockey show the last few weeks. Again, next Saturday, final show Mm -hmm. 10 a.m., uh, and it'll be Stanley Cup playoff time. I, I can't wait. So it's. I feel like this has been a, you know, we've labored through this season as a Blackhawks fans, but once that puck drops or the, the anthem's going for the playoffs, I love it, and I'm starting, my body's ready. Like, I'm, I'm mentally ready to have hockey that I care about. I want to know if there are teams that you like that you're eyeballing for the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, Boston is, to win the Cup right now, is plus 280. I feel like that's there's just no value there. Yeah, I so I I like that side. Well, I like the other side of the ledger. Okay, uh, I think it's easier. I agree. I think Carolina. I've got a lot of question marks about Carolina. Can't trust them. Can't trust them. No top end scoring, and I don't question the goaltending. Yep. Um, I, I I'm rooting for the Rangers. I'm rooting for Patrick Kane. Yep. He may not play these final regular season games dealing with the hip injury. Looks like he's going to have the surgery. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. I, I think we're in store for a hell of a first-round matchup between Toronto and Tampa Bay. 
Can't wait. Is this the year Toronto gets out of the first round? Um, in your mind. Because that matchup is basically locked in. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think I think it is. Okay. I think they, right. they yeah. <laughs> um they they just had an injury last night to the, the player picked up from uh Nashville. Um, oh, uh, uh Tampa did? Yeah. Uh, Jeanette. And it, it sounds like yeah, Tanner yeah. Jeanette, and he's a playoff kind of guy. And so yeah. I, I I wonder where they're they're at with that. I did not check mm-hmm. in to see uh, the status of that. Um, but man, Boston's been a wagon. Uh, but it just I, I just wonder about them that I if don't you trust haven't. Either. First of all, Allmark has been fantastic. Yeah. So I always lean towards the team with the best goalie. Yep. That would be my only question mark in that Tampa series. I still think Vasilevsky is is, is a best. big time. Yeah playoff performer yep. and one of the best at it. You think the Wild can get out of the first round this year? I, They're um, looking at probably either Dallas or Colorado, depending on how things shake out. Okay, who are you starting in net for the Wild? Are, are you going? I'm going, I'm going with Flurry. You're, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think I would too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a question. But it is a question yeah. going in. Um, I, uh, I look at, to me, the two teams. I, I like Colorado mm-hmm. and I like Edmonton. I really like LA as a sleeper too. Okay, I think they're a big kind of nasty physical team that has a lot of skill, a lot of depth. They traded for a goaltender uh, at the deadline to kind of improve themselves there. I have a I have a future on them to win the West. I think I think LA, uh, I think that they can get by Edmonton because I think they're going to be tough enough and, and physical and deep enough where it's like they have two guys. Edmonton has the two guys. LA's got a bunch. I, I do think LA can win that, and then it's it's kind of you're throwing darts. So I, I think LA is a nice value. Play. Well, who's your Stanley Cup final? Uh, I I mean, if I'm, I would probably get this point. I think I still like it's super chalky, but I I think I like I think I like Tampa, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was Dallas or LA. I think Dallas is going to be. They got the goaltending. They got the, the mix of youth and and uh, size and and skill and veterans. And I think Dallas can finally do it too. I'd like to see the Rangers take on the Oilers. I think it'd be, it'd be good. Batman, talk about Starman Batman would love that too. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm going for the yeah. uh, the all time TV matchup. And I love a Canadian national anthem in the Stanley Cup final. That would be great yeah. as well. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. White Sox Weekly is coming up an hour from now at three o'clock. We'll see you next Saturday on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On the AM at 1000. On the FM at 100.3 HD2. On your phone through the ESPN Chicago app.